Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Hello and congrats on not killing yourself. My name's Christina. What's yours? That's cool. Welcome to the voices in our heads. I'm your, I'm your girl, Christina Hutchinson. I'm so glad you're here. I, this is going to be a positive episode, man, because I've been doing my affirmations and I say them to the skies, I cry and I go, please help me rocks. I'm looking at my, do you hear these rocks? Do you hear this? It's the sound of my rocks. Oh, precious stones. Oops. Please help me feel like not a piece of shit. Oh, precious stones. Wait, I'm going to get the hard one. Oh, precious stones. Oh, oops. Okay. Mate. Oh. <laughs> you know why I'm in a good mood? Well, there's so many reasons. I've been, I've been screaming my affirmations up to the skies. I cry. But also, I've been outside every single day, and I've been rollerblading. You guys, rollerblade, you pieces of shit. I'm telling you, being out in the sun is so important. You got to, I mean, wear your SPF because you don't want to look like an old dried up bitch when you're 50 or 70 or whatever. But you got to get outside, man. I hope you're listening to this while you're outside. And if you're not, it's okay. Don't make you feel yourself bad. I'm not outside right now, but I was outside, and that's why I'm in such a positive mood. It's one of the reasons. Um, and I was rollerblading. Rollerblading is so much fun, and lately I've been dancing as I blade because I'm very comfortable on rollerblades. But if you are not, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a stupid piece of shit. It just means you need to practice with some pads on your knees and your elbows. Oh, my God. I just remembered. my. I went to see my nephew. Uh, in Pennsylvania and my brother but my nephew had a soccer game on Saturday oh my god oh P.S. by the way not to well no yes to plug my Patreon I went one of the reasons why I went down is I wanted to see my nephew's soccer game but also I interviewed my brother for a bonus episode of the Patreon that's going to come out next month um, P.S. The, the first bonus the first bonus episode of this month <laughs> It came out today, the day I'm recording this, which is the 25th. Real late in the game. I know. Don't worry. I'm beating myself up inside every fucking second every day. So I'm very sorry. But I promise two episodes a month, one episode a month for one of the levels, and then two episodes a month for the other two levels. It's May goddamn 25th, and I'm just now releasing the first bonus episode of the month. And I'm saying that out loud so that I can also say out loud, it's okay, girl. You got a lot of stuff going on in your head. You know, I do this to myself, guys, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, well, I went, okay, so I drove to my nephew's soccer game, interviewed my brother, but first I did the soccer game, and it he's just, oh, God, I love that kid so much. There was, I brought Kevin, and I drove my Mustang, and it was just the best. And then afterwards, I was playing with Brantley, my nephew, and he was riding his bike, and he fell, and he scraped his knee, or it was his knee or his elbow, his elbow, I think. And he, oh my God, kids, kids are so pure, man. 
he fell and he was and his little cute little button ass nose scrunched up and he was like Wah! like he was really upset it's scary it's jarring to fall off a bike and to have blood like he cut his elbow and there's a lot of blood it's jarring and it probably hurt for a second but you know kids a lot of times will look to your reactions as a an example of how to react, so I was like, "Hey, man, you're okay." It oh, that that must have been scary. Was that scary? Because he he acted as if it was. You know, you got to feel your feelings, boo boo. And my brother was like, "Brantley, don't cry." I'm like, "Don't tell him not to cry, DJ. He's gonna grow up and be in terrible romantic relationships until he finally figures it out at the age of thirty three. Okay, let him cry. Let the boy cry, please." And he was like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, I know. Sorry. That was a lot. <laughs> but Brantley was like, I never want to get on that bike again. And I was like, oh, honey. Oh. And I go, it's okay. I was being the parent that I wish I had, you know. And I was like, it's okay, honey. You're going to get back on that bike. And it was okay to be scared. But, you know, scraping your knees and your elbows, that's part of that's part of riding a bike and it's how you learn how to get your balance and I was thinking of all the people that DM me you know photos of their injuries that they inquire they inquire they incur while rollerblading and it reminds me of being a kid and falling and just crying don't you wit well I was gonna say don't you wish you could just cry like that but I live in New York City that happens that all the time and honestly I love it I feel like it's a release when I walk by a crying girl on the sidewalk I'm like let those tears out girl so you're gonna be okay and I send her love with my eyes and then I tell her to smile <laughs> just kidding you know what I gotta carry this button around if anyone well you know what though now that I'm doing all this inner work on myself if someone tells me to smile I'm not in a shitty place in my head I'm in a really relaxed peaceful state so now when someone tells me to smile I'm like aw you're right thanks for the reminder regardless of what they meant by it that's how I take it and I'm like well that's a better way to fucking live isn't it being on the defense all the time makes you tired huh yeah it does you wanna do a bunch of Adderall and and cocaine and meth. What a rant, huh? This is going to be such a fun episode. It already is. Because I'm going to be sharing some parts. So the first bonus episode of the month that again came out today, the 25th. Real late in the game, guys. But I have meetings where I'm going to plan out the next couple months. That's why I went to record my interview with my brother. Because I'm like, I'm going to stockpile these so I don't fucking get to this place where I feel like I'm on the Titanic as it's sinking. And I go, well, here I go again, Christina. You fucking shit up. Now you got to go hug your rocks and pray for a miracle. I'm really tired of doing that. So I'm making changes. But the bonus episode that I just covered, I went into detail about chapter three of this book, Letting Go, that goes, I read out all of the the scale of emotions, basically, according to this dude, well, according to a lot of stuff, but this that's, the, that's what he talks about in the book, you know, when he refers to these emotions. But I do want to give you just a real quick summary for those that are not a Patreon patron or whatever. Because I don't want to be a elitist piece of shit and be like, you want that? You have to pay for it. But also, you know, pay me. <laughs> it's such a balance that I'm figuring out. But essentially, 
the scale goes from guilt, which is at the lowest end of the scale, and it's rated a 30, meaning it has real negative energy. Everything, every feeling you have has energy attached to it. Every feeling you have. And our brains are wired to survive, okay? And how a brain survives is it uses emotions to go throughout the world. And a lot of times when you get psychologically triggered, you're reacting to someone's blue sweatshirt. You're reacting as if you're eight-year-old little Timmy and your alcoholic father with the blue sweatshirt would beat the shit out of you. And you don't even realize that 48-year-old Timmy passes by a guy in a blue sweater and all of a sudden he starts acting like an asshole. Timmy got triggered, okay? That's a trigger. So the the scale of emotions that David R. Hawkins, a.k.a. Zani Hawkins, talks about, starts, uh, talks about all these emotions and how they have a type of energy, be it negative or positive or neutral. At the bottom of the scale is guilt. And it goes guilt, apathy, grief, fear, desire. It goes all the way up. Guys, read the book, you know, or subscribe to my Patreon if you want to hear it. But I do want to give you a summary. And at the top of the scale is peace. Oh, wait, no. At the top of the scale is full enlightenment. That's at a, a thousand. So the scale goes from zero to a thousand. Enlightenment is at the top. But basically, the author was like, that's like Jesus Christ and Buddha. So don't worry about getting to that part unless you want to. I mean, hey, shoot for the goddamn stars. Worst thing that happens is you lay, you fall short and you hit the moon or whatever those magnets say. Those inspirational magnets that the angry, sad girl has on her fridge. And I'm saying that is one of them. So it's all right, guys. It's all right, guys. So, yeah. So that's he talks about the scale and how all these emotions have a type of energy. And I'm going to be reading two excerpts. I'm going to skip around a little bit from this book, Letting Go. We're still doing a, a slower deep dive, which is deeper. Because I'm not in a rush. Because I really want you to grasp this. But I'm sharing with you today the two parts of this book that I'm sharing with you today at the end of the episode. They're they're both really positive things. And I'm like, well, isn't that nice? Let's just do some positive shit for a second. Oh, my God. Speaking of trauma. So there's these NYPD crossing guards. I live on a very busy street. There's two big intersections very close to my apartment building. And... They have crossing guards during the day when it's heavy traffic hours. Sometimes you don't see that the crossing guard is on the sidewalk telling people to go through the red light and you have the walk sign, but you can't and you almost get hit by a goddamn car and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you not give a shit if I get ran over? (laughs) Well, when I'm having a bad day, that's how I feel. But uh, this one crossing guard at one of the intersections, he's a new guy. Because I have a dog, so I'm walking outside in my neighborhood a lot. And it's summer, and I have rollerblades. So I always, I experience this intersection multiple times a day. And there's this crossing guard that screams at these cars because they changed the light. <laughs> this is so funny. This is, some, this is some local 411. They changed the pattern of the stoplight at this particular intersection so that instead of both directions, you know, one per, the north-south, having the green light, everyone just has a green light, there's a turning green arrow for left-hand turners. Do you know what I'm saying? I, you know what I'm saying. You follow me? I'm talking, okay. Anyway, the pattern of this light changed, and so people cross the street 
when they're not supposed to because they're used to the old way of the stoplight. I've lived on this. I've lived on this block for 11 years. I know some things. So I, I know that this the pattern of the stoplight has changed. So there's, you know, there's, a, there's an adjustment period to locals who are used to, And I witness it all the time. But this new traffic guard yells. When I say your trauma is showing, I mean, this guy, you'll be outside and you go, is there a fight happening at the end of the street? No, it's the NYP traffic guard going, what the fuck are you doing, you fucking idiot? And you just know he's yelling at his father. This man is in his early 30s, I would say. Handsome guy. Traffic guy. And he's at a light where a lot of people are not obeying. Both pedestrians and cars are not obeying. And he screams at these cars. Like, I feel a catharsis hearing him because I know that he's yelling at his father in his head. I'm like, woof! That guy's yelling at his daddy. Oh, God damn it. I feel redemption for him. He's yelling. Or or the other, the, the other day he was yelling and he was so, I mean, he was getting it out. And honest to God, great choice in career. Your soul found an outlet that's healthy. It's healthy. He's not cursing at people. He's not, you know, he's just, well, he's telling people they're a fucking idiot. But they are. So it's like, you know, be you, boo. Speak your truth. He's saying what we would all want to say if we were in that position. Like, you fucking, he, the other day he was like, you fucking moron. I'm like, oh my God. But the, the, but when he said that, that particular instance, I'm like, oh, I hear his dad yelling at him as a little boy. So it's almost like this grown man in front of me is embodying his father and these cars are three-year-old him. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, that's dark. But also, it's okay. You got to get it out somehow. Some people go to therapy. Some people go to a rage room. And some people yell at cars as an NYPD crossing guard. Hey, you do whatever is good for you. Shows. Yeah, just cough right into the mic, Christina. It's fine. No, who cares? It's not like it's a podcast and it's all it is is audio. You know? I got shows coming up tonight. If you're listening to this today, it comes out. We're not banging. At The Stand, two shows, 7.30 and 9.30 p.m., hosted by Justin Silver and myself. We are not banging. Ooh, what sex? I forget. Anyway, those lineups are so good. The first show, we got Mike Vecchione, Katie Hannigan. We got, oh, fucking who else? Michael Rappaport. Oh, my God. If you don't watch Atypical on Netflix, you're a piece of shit. That show is so fucking good. If you want some feel-good shit, atypical, and it's also got, like, some drama. But everyone in that show, that show is so beautiful. Oh, my God. The Netflix, you're killing it, babies. You're killing it. I see what you're doing. Because when you first started, you, was, you had other people's content. Now you're making your own content. Guess what? It's fucking good. You're doing a good job. Anyway, Michael Rappaport is on the, on the 7.30 show. Uh, and there's a bunch of other comics. And then at the, the 9.30 show, we got uh, 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 Monroe Martin. We got M. Willman. We got Chris DiStefano. We got uh, Shane Gillis. We got, and I, th- uh, who else? We just fucking come, okay? I think tickets might be sold out, but if they're not, come. Buffalo, New York. Corinne and I are at Helium, July 15th through the 18th. 
you can suck on these nuts, Buffalo, in a good way, in a consensual way. And then Washington, D.C., we're going to be at the Improv September 23rd through 25th. And I'm like, ooh, we're already booking the fall. This is fun. I'm in such a good mood because I've been reading a lot of self-help books lately and it does help. Hey, speaking of pieces of shit, let's do some fuckboy theater. Let's do it. We're just going to read one bio because I don't want to ruin the positivity of this episode with pieces of shit. But I do want to read this one bio. Oh, boy. This man is named Anthony. He's 34. I feel like that's not giving anything crazy away. He is in the in the service because he's wearing fatigues. And his bio reads, again, it's his bio. So it's the first thing he wants you to know about him. Okay? This is the foot he leads with. Well, six or six six foot four inches tall. Tan, great smile, loves cuddles, and a gentleman and a scholar. P.S. I open car doors for ladies. Just trying to meet people, have a little fun, get a little wild, get butt ass naked, butt ass naked. Did you know it's buck ass naked? Is it buck ass naked? Wait. Maybe he's right. And I'm like making fun of him. I'm the one that's wrong. That's kind of funny. Get butt ass naked. Sorry, I'm continuing his bio. Well, maybe not the last part, but I'll hang out with my wang out. Again, this is his bio. Oh, and can a guy be a little spoon for a chance? Yeah, I'm tall. Well, he says, yeah, I'm y'all, but I'm pretty sure he meant, yeah, I'm tall. Yeah, I'm tall, but I want to have boobies on my back and rub and tug from behind. LOL, JK. And scene. And scene. Yep, LOL JK were the words he ended his bio with. Isn't that fun, ladies? Hashtag not all men. Don't worry, honeys, we know. But boy, the the bad ones of y'all is bad and it ruins it for the good ones, okay? Maybe if you if you're so worried about people thinking that all men suck, maybe you should talk to the ones the men's that sucks, men's that are good. And just fart in their eye. Okay? Just fart in their eye. That's not illegal, is it? Is that assault? That could be assault. Oh boy, y'all. I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And it feels like I got goddamn roofied. Oh boy, not anymore. I recorded last week's episode the day that I got the vaccine. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be fine, you guys. <laughs> Everyone's such a pussy. Wow. And then that night I was like, Oh my god, somebody help me. But I have not been sick in so long. I haven't had a fever in ages. Because ever since I moved to New York, I don't know, maybe my immune system went up. And it's because I'm figuring myself out and shit. And I'm like putting my own happiness first. So like my immune system's better. Anyway, that I haven't had a fever in a while and I had a fever and it felt like I was on Molly and it was very fun and it made me want to do Molly. I didn't, but it made me want to do it. And I was like, wow, having a fever makes me, it feels like a club drug. 
Isn't that fun? I feel like I got root. I feel like I roofied myself. Okay, you guys. Why isn't everyone on this fucking planet talking about the show Haunted on Netflix? What the fuck? Okay, the show Haunted on Netflix. Oh my god. Okay, just I have so much to tell you about the show, and I want. I just want to go so that and. You'll just automatically get it and I don't have to explain it. But again, this is a fucking podcast. The only thing I have is my words. So I'm going to use them. I, okay, here's what you need to know about Haunted on Netflix. They're 30 minute shows so they go by real quick and you know Netflix is going to queue that episode up behind the other one. Like you can get through eight episodes in four hours. <laughs> That's a lot of time. You should you, you should spread out your time a little bit better throughout your day. But you know what? Your body, your choice. But I got addicted to this goddamn show. The format of this show, it's very beautifully shot. They they use the fancy-ass cameras because now everyone's got a Netflix subscription. Netflix has a lot of money because all their shows are real good quality, and I really appreciate that. And they don't have to suck the man's dick by not saying certain things because an advertiser might be pulled. And the power is in the consumer's hand because you can unsubscribe from Netflix. You could cancel your subscription at any time. Money talks, motherfucker. Anyway, this show Haunted is so fucking, woo! Okay, so the format is you have real life people, and I'm not talking like a reality show bullshit. I'm talking you have real life human beings who went through something very traumatic that involved a ghost of some kind or an alien of some kind or a demon of some kind. Houston, demons are real. Over. Uh, why aren't we all talking about this show? This show blew my fucking mind. And you could tell that these stories aren't bullshit. So the first part of the show opens up with like a little scene from the reenactment of the story. And then we go to this creepy ass motherfucking room that is very creepily lit for the effect, you know. And they do manipulate your emotions a little and scare you with the music, which honestly, I don't mind. That's fine. I grew up in a traumatic household. Scare me, Doc. I can handle it. You know? So these people people are telling this story to their friends and family. Uh, it's like a circle of, of other people that they know well, that they're comfortable with. It was a good... Whoever figured out the show did a really good job with the format because you're creating this really comfortable environment so this person can recall this fucking traumatizing story that they may or may not have been talking about with these people that they're telling and we're just kind of watching. There's like a circle of chairs and we're watching these people tell these terrifying stories and there's other people there. Some of the times they were at the... They were there in the story because they're the mom who moved the kids into the house that ended up being haunted. And they're crying and they're fucking reliving this terrible thing. And you're like, okay, that is not made up. No one is that. Not only are they not, it's just not acting. It's real. It's genuine. It's real. You could tell right away. So you're like, all right, these, there's no way that all these people are lying. There's just no way. And then they show you reenactments of these stories as they're being told. And but you don't hear the narration of the real life person. So you really dive into the world that they made in this reenactment and they're so well done and it's like wait a second one of the fucking stories you got i mean i can't believe everyone's not talking about this fucking show 
you know how I'm a trend predictor, guys, with the roller skates and like child trauma and all that shit? More people are going to be talking about this show. I get, It's already three seasons deep, which is great because, you know, we're a binging culture, so you could binge. But you really... I bought Holy Water online because in one of the stories, a fucking snake came out of this man's goddamn throat and, a, and he happened to be... I mean, and I know this sounds fake, but he... He went into a church and a priest was like baptizing a kid or whatever. And the guy threw holy water on the snake coming out of the guy's mouth and the snake dissolved. And there was a person that was there that was like, yes, that happened. And you're like, wait, what? So I bought holy water because I was like, oh, fuck y'all. Demons is real. Demons is real. I repeat, demons is real. I mean, I didn't know that. And I don't know why I bought this holy... Well, I know why. It's because the priest in that one episode did it. And I was like, well, fuck. I live in New York City. There's bound to be demons. And then you know what I thought of? Sometimes I get really angry and it does feel like I'm possessed. Like, honest to God, that's how I've described it to my therapist before. But I didn't say it like on a podcast because I'm like, all right, that's very dramatic. I'm only going to tell it to my therapist. But the reason I say to you now on a podcast for anyone to fucking hear and listen to and put into a soundbite and go, this dramatic bitch is because some of the stories that were being told on the show involved a person all of a sudden being like really angry for no reason. And I'm like, look, I can't get, am I getting triggered? Like I'm, I'm of course open to that being the case, but it feel, and then I'm like, you know what? One of my neighbors has such a bad energy that it, it feels like she's possessed by a demon. So I'm like, maybe it's her. So I've been fucking throwing holy water at my front door. I'm whispering because now I feel like she can hear me, but she can't. This show is insane. One of the fucking families that was on an episode moved into a house with a fucking cat. There's a cat that got sacrificed by a cult. Whoever lived in this house before these people moved in. And then it's like this family, this mother who was working eight jobs and making a dollar an hour. And this house came on the market that was cheap as shit because it had a demon cat in it. But they didn't say that in the listing description. And they move in and the mom straight up in this reenactment, she goes up into the air, not being held down, not just floats up into the air, like light as a feather, stiff as a board, demon edition, <laughs> demon remix, y'all, ooh, ooh, but not the fun kind. And she gets thrown down the basement steps and she breaks her ankles and goes to the hospital, you guys, with broken ankles. And they're tell she's the kid of the family is telling the story. The mom who had the ankles broken is there. She's crying. You're looking in her eyes like, yo, that bitch lived through that shit. That's some traumatizing shit. And no one can explain it. Except for the explanation of, it's a demon. I mean, I, I, <sighs> so some of this shit in these Bibles, in these religions, I'm like, wait, is that true? What the fuck? I, I, this show is insane. It's, it's, I just, you gotta, I mean, you gotta, of course, if you don't feel like, I don't, I'm, and I don't, I'm like, is watching this show bad? Like, is that for like my like energy? But I'm like, you know what? It's entertaining and also good to know, you know, my, didn't get a heads up on that in public school that demons were real. Although I will say when I was making fun of all my friends who went to Catholic school, like, ha ha, you fucking, or not ha ha, but like, that sounds 
like it wasn't a good experience because most of my friends who went to Catholic school did not have a good experience. Some of them did, but a lot of them didn't. Well, some of that shit turns out, I guess, demons is real. So, I mean, if you have a, oh my God, it's that's just, that's crazy. That's crazy. Not sexy and not cool, but crazy. You got, I mean, watch that show if you feel like it. If you're brave enough. Okay, you remember that Gautier song? The the big one? Somebody that I used to know. I got, I re-got into that song. When that song first came out, when a song comes out that like makes me feel and makes me feel like I'm in a musical, I listen to it obsessively if I if I hear a song that I'm like whoa, whoa whoa, what is that I like the way it makes me feel I'll listen to it and I'll ruin it for myself but I'll listen to it for like four days straight that's all I'll listen to on repeat I can't imagine that it's fun to be my neighbor between that and me getting mad at fucking up at a song on the piano and just hammer like just like punching the keys I mean if I was my neighbor I'd worry for me but you know I'm not possessed even though that's a viable story because apparently demons is real not possessed I'm just feeling my feelings hugging my stones but that song somebody oh my god that song's so juicy and then when the girl comes in She's like, you know what? Fuck you, actually. You're the one that was the asshole in this relationship. And you're singing it and you're like, God, I wish my the I, I could reach those octaves that that lady is hitting when she's singing it. I can't do that because I smoked for a while and I also screamed to a lot of pillows and I think I blew out my vocal cords a little bit. But hey, it happens. <laughs> that song's so good. That song's so good. And I, I like when I rediscovered it, a couple days ago, I was like, I need to smoke a blunt and walk around Manhattan for like a good hour just listening to this song. I'm going to put a mask on even though I'm fully vaccinated. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to put a mask on so that no one could see me violently lip syncing this song. Oh, man. NYC rats are getting wild, y'all. Because let me tell you. I take Kevin over to the basketball courts by my apartment at night and I smoke a doobie and I'll play with a tennis ball with Kevin and we'll like run around and it's really fun. It's like a nice special little thing we do at night. And there have been, I have not, well, some of the rats I've seen, but other ones I just see a bush rumbling like I'm in goddamn Jurassic Park. Like all of a sudden there's a puddle and it starts shaking because a giant rat the size of a fucking pickup truck is in the bushes. I mean, it's wild. I'm seeing entire bushes shake, and I'm like, that's not a dog. That's a that's a rat. That's a rat. That's a rat. Okay, let's read. Let's wait. wait I'm looking through. I'm just making sure I said all the things I want to say. Oh, this is a fucking thing that I didn't know was a thing. Uh, one of the accounts that I follow, wait, let me see if I saved it because I don't want to quote it and be like, well, this is what I remember of the post because it was a really good post. And I would like to give, you know, respect to the person who took the time to write the words. Okay. 100 ways white people can make life less frustrating for people of color. Uh, uh, 
Privet Prague. So the the Instagram account that posted this, first of all, this post got taken down a bunch of times. And I'm like, are you fuck off Instagram? My God. P-R-I-V-T-O-P-R-O-G. That's the Instagram account. Uh, P-R-I-V-T-O-P-R-O-G. And, you know, if you're driving, don't. Don't write it down while you're driving. Just wait. Rewind. You can rewind, okay? Anyway, it was 100, p- uh, 100 ways white people can make life less frustrating for people of color. And it was a good post. I, I was like, oh, fuck. This is a great post. But one of the things that it said, because, hey, guess what, white people? We are the problem, and we need to fix it, okay? So we got to be learning and growing and constantly on the lookout for new information and to listen, okay? Because... We're the problem. So wait, where, which one was it? Uh, so I'll read. I'll read some of these because they're really good. Just because you can't see, just because you can't see racism around you doesn't mean it's not happening. Trust people of color's assessment of a situation. Don't assume that all people of color share the same voice. We are not a monolith. That's such a good word. Monolith. Don't assume or guess people's races. This is not a fun game for us. Yeah, that's fucking don't. White people, stop. Uh, but where's the one I wanted to talk about? Oh, th- number fifteen of this post because it's a, it's a like an album of you know multiple pictures. It's a carousel of, of photos. This is a really good post. But the one that I go, oh, that made me go, oh shit, I didn't know that was a thing. Fuck. Don't say shit like I know what it's like to be a person of color. I'm a ginger, and I was I read that and I was like, oh, that's fucked up that there are gingers who say that. Yo, and I didn't know that because I do know people who are gingers and I've never I I would like to think that if I heard them say that I would go wait what the fuck did you say but just because I don't know of any ginger people who have said that does not mean that ginger people have not said that we gotta listen but I was like yo that's fucked up I know what it's like to be a person of color I'm a ginger what? Did you build this fucking country? No. Did you build this country? This is my last word. No. Didn't think so. That, so I just wanted to say, don't do that. Hey, white people, where a lot of us are pieces of shit and we're racist and we got to not be. Okay, so let's all have a good positive attitude about learning and listening, okay? All right, before I get into these positive parts of this um, book, Letting Go, that I'm going to read. It's such a positive episode. Oh, my God. You deserve it. I'm going to read an email, uh, a magical email. Oh, this is the last thing I wanted to talk about. Because <sighs> my, 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 my friend that I, I don't talk to anymore... I really miss her. I really, really miss her. Because I'm like, I forgave her and stuff. I'm pretty sure she's fully forgiven. But sometimes I think that. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, fuck that bitch. So I'm like, oh, okay. I still got work to do. (laughs) You know, we're living and learning and growing, right? But we both love Beyonce so much. Like Beyonce. But one of the things, like I really loved loving Beyonce with this particular friend that I no longer speak to. I re- I miss that so much. Like, because the w- we love Beyonce on such an intense level for so long, since we were, since we met when we were teenagers. 
And that was one of the things we bonded over. How just like, oh, game recognized game. Like you are a person who understands that Beyonce is one of the greatest living examples of human potential that we are so fortunate to be able to witness exist. That's how I think about it. And one of the things we would do is we would just, I mean, when fucking coach, her Coachella, I mean, this woman has the most epic performances and puts her fucking all into everything she fucking does. And I got to say, if you owe it to yourself when concerts are really back and she, she, I know she's young, she's not going to, you know, she will be touring at some point again. You owe it to yourself to see her live. It is one of the most incredible experiences. I, I, I can't, that's the only, that's all I'll say. It's all say. But one of the things that this friend and I would do is just, we would just, we would go, we, we both follow all these Beyonce Instagram accounts, like Beyonce fan accounts. And we just scroll through and we just, oh yeah, I remember that photo shoot. And we, or we'll just fucking look up lyrics to a song or we'll just watch her music videos on Viva. Like we'll just like watch them in a loop for hours and just go, oh, and just, just be in awe of her. And I, I just wanted to say that I missed that. All right, now let's read a magical email. If you have a magical story, oh, if it's about a demon, tell me. I mean, I hope you're okay. The Voices in Our Heads podcast at gmail.com, okay? I'm going to read this. The subject line is super delayed response to episode 72, signs from deceased loved one. And I haven't read this yet, but I'm assuming, you know, I, you, you guys do a really good job with the subject line. You, you really tell me what the email's about, and I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, Christina, I'm super behind on the most recent episodes of your podcast. That's okay. I forgot you. So I'm just listening to episode 72 now, and I wanted to share my experience with a loved one who had passed. Uh, who had passed. This ended up being a bit long, so I understand if you don't read it. No, fuck you, bitch. I'm going to read it because I really appreciate you sharing your story with me and the goddamn world, okay? but I felt compelled to write it all down and send it your way. My dad and I always had a pretty rocky off and on kind of relationship, but clearly he was suffering with some pretty severe demons. Oh, in that, in that on theme for what I was talking about earlier. Ooh, parallels. They're on purpose, never on accident. I didn't know that that was in here. Um, He was suffering from some pretty severe demons, which are real guys, because he took his own life a few years back. Suicide was the very last thing I ever expected from my father. So I was a little bit in denial about his death for several months. Yeah, that makes sense. My family has a pretty dramatic history. So there were several scenarios I came up with that to me seemed pretty legit. Anyways, one day I was visiting the area where it had happened and I was always pretty unsure about signs. So I started trying to talk to my dad in my head and I said something along the lines of, quote, dad, I don't know if I should be mourning or if I should be waiting. I don't really understand signs. So if you send me anything, it has to be something concrete or else I'm afraid I'll miss it. And I swear to God, the moment that that thought left my head, A light caught the corner of my eye and I looked down and I saw a bullet casing that belonged to the gun my dad had used. I don't know about you, but I felt like that was one hell of a sign. Woo, I'll say. (sighs) Fuck. Then maybe a year after his... Oh, God, this is is hitting home. (laughs) Shit. Then maybe a year after his passing, I had a storage unit and one month I was having a pretty unlucky time with it where I kept having issues with my locks. 
I ended up having to buy three or four different locks for this unit because they kept breaking. Oh, wait, weird. Well, that's also a sign. One day when I was returning from the storage unit, I received a text message. Or I received a text in a small group chat with unknown numbers with a picture of a lock. I was super confused, but not weirded out just yet. So I simply asked, who is this? And they replied with, holy shit. They replied with, dad. Whoa, what the fuck? Wow, girl, that is some. Okay, so Laura Lynn Jackson talks in both of her New York Times bestselling books about phone numbers because the electromagnetic field, a spirit who has passed on, can manipulate energy easier if it's with, for example, an animal that operates within the electromagnetic field of the earth. So butterflies, deer, birds. Uh, Technology is also one of those things. So Laura Lynn Jackson tells several stories about either having a missed call from an unknown number, you call the number back and it's nothing, it's not operating, or a text message. And I'm like, yo, a text? That's fucking wild. Whoa, that is crazy. That's so cool. Okay, I'm not done yet. That pretty much stopped me in my tracks and I didn't know if I should be mad. Was someone uh, playing a prank on me? Oh, that'd be fucked up. If I should be scared? Was someone watching me? I even thought to myself for a split second, I knew that motherfucker wasn't dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But after a few moments, all I responded with was, I think you have the wrong number. And that was that. Additionally, the last four digits in one of the unknown numbers of the group were the same numbers I used to unlock my cell phone. Shut the fuck up. Just in a slightly different order. I didn't really know what to make of the whole interaction, but I still have the text exchange saved on my phone. Wow, girl. Another slightly smaller experience I had was when I came across the song on Spotify that I instantly fell in love with and immediately called uh, added to my daily playlist without really reading the artist, who the artist was or what the name of the song was. After listening to this song several times, one day I decided to see who the artist was so that I could look up more of his music. To, uh, to my surprise, his name is Cali2NA, C-H-A-L-I, the uh, number two, and then N-A. And when I read that, I actually laughed out loud because my dad's nickname for pretty much his entire life was Charlie Tuna. Ch- what? Wait, no way. Wow, y'all. Is you getting goosebumps? Because I is. Woo! That is wild. I don't think that sign really means much, but it was something that stuck out to me and I enjoyed it. Dude, no, that sign does mean that's wild. So she spelled out because I'm seeing I'm you know reading this email. The the artist C H A L I is and then the letter two and then N A. So I guess you can That's wild. That her, her dad's nickname was... Char- oh, my God. That's so wild. Okay. The most recent sign I've received was when I made the career change to a massive... To, to a massage therapist. A massive therapist. Can you imagine? The, the most recent sign I've received was when I made the career change to a massage therapist. I've pr- uh, been pretty nervous about it. Suffering from imposter syndrome. Girl, I hear you. It is real. But you got to just work through it. You got this. And just all around wondering if I made a good choice for myself and my future. 
My very first client on my very first day came in with a tattoo that was a handwritten letter from her father that in a nutshell stated how proud he was of her and of everything she's overcome and accomplished and who she is as a person and all the beautiful things every person really needs to hear from their parent at least once in their lifetime. And I just know that my dad was behind whatever cosmic force brought her into my work that day so I could read that letter. Holy shit. Like I said earlier, my dad and I didn't have the best relationship, but the things that prevented us from getting along on earth no longer exist. Oh, jeez. That's nice. So hold on, y'all. Emotional break because I'm going through stuff with my parents and I've kind of assumed the same thing and that makes me sad. So I like to believe that in the afterlife, my father is, for lack of a better term, quote, super woke version of himself and I'm able to see him in a completely new light and whenever I see a sign from him it makes me feel loved and fills me with a sense of comfort and security things I didn't always feel when he was alive I know I can't speak with him or see him or shoot him a text girl you can though Uh, but I don't feel like he's gone I feel like I have an entirely different and new relationship with him. If you've made it this far, thanks for taking some time out of your day to read my email. I'm a big fan of both your podcasts and I will get my ass in gear and catch up on the episode. Lots of love, Belina. Oh my God, that email was beautiful. Um, damn. Damn, damn, damn. I, 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 that the email really hits home for me because I kind of been coming to terms with crap I love my parents and miss them but I don't know if like part of me is like should I just drive down there and go hey I love you and just hug them you know but then it's like you know you got to play okay how would I feel you don't know until you're in the moment but if for some reason they were not receptive how would that make me feel you know and you kind of play it like could I handle that and I you know I can handle anything but I th- and I think I could handle that, but because it would make me sad, like oh they don't know how to love me or like love, and you know I don't I really don't believe that they or anybody that I've ever been mad at in my life, which is not a lot of people, but it is several people that I was so close with. Man, it's jarring to be so close with somebody. And go wait, what was this relationship the whole time? And not saying it's the the other person, it's the way you perceive it. You're like, wait, was that fucked? Wait, was I wearing goggles or spear goggles? Fuck. So, damn. So it's nice to hear. There was one story in Laura Lynn Jackson's book where a guy came to see her and the parent really treated the kid who's now who was now a grown man really abusive to this child. And the spirit of this man's father was like timid and wouldn't really come forward was but was like hiding in the back is how Laura Lynn describes it in her head or in, in the book. And like he felt really bad that he did that. And, and she kind of describes like when we die. And again, this is like you can believe it or not. You choose your beliefs, right? I choose to believe this. It feels right to me. Uh, when we when we pass on and leave our physical bodies, we kind of review our life and we see where we've hurt the people in our life. And not in a fuck you kind of way, in a shame on you way at all, but in a, oh, this is something you, you, you didn't see because you were so wrapped up in this. And it's like, okay, you know, it's not to berate you, but it's to 
just see where what you were missing, basically. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then he, she described like this man ended up having a relationship with his father who had passed away. That was way better than when the father was alive. I'm like, that's okay. That one got me. And now this email got me. Okay, y'all. Now let's move on to some, you know, other stuff. Let's switch gears. Let's well, kind of switch gears. I'm going to read uh, two excerpts from Letting Go. The first one is called Enhance... Well, it's a... Yeah, the top... The paragraph is entitled Enhancing Positive Emotions. Ooh, that sounds fun. Sign me up. The corollary to letting go of negative feelings is to stop resisting the positive ones. <sighs> okay. Don't have to tell me twice. Everything in the universe has its opposite. Therefore, in the mind... Every negative feeling has its counterpart between smallness and greatness, whether we are constantly aware of its existence at any given moment or not. And I feel like a lot of times I'm not, but that's okay. I'm learning and I'm growing. A good and very illuminating exercise is to sit down and look at the feeling that is directly opposite the negative one that we are experiencing and begin to let go resisting it. Okay. That sounds fun. So if you're angry, whatever the opposite of angry is, stop resisting that. Can't hurt. Let's say, for instance, that a friend's birthday is coming up and we are feeling resentful and stingy. Therefore, we just can't seem to go out to shop for a present and the day is getting closer. The exact opposite feeling are those of forgiveness and generosity. Okay, okay, I see where this is going. We just start looking for the feeling of forgiveness within ourselves and stop resisting it. As we keep letting go of our resistance to being a forgiving person, okay, it is often surprising that it will come up with a surge. We will begin to recognize that part of our nature has always been willing and wanting to forgive, but we didn't dare chance it. We thought we might appear foolish. Oh, that hurts because that's true. Because it's like, well, shit, maybe if I forgive him, am I just being a stupid piece of shit and letting people walk all over me? No. Are you sure? Yes. How do you know? Because you're not going to die if you forgive somebody. As we keep letting go of our resistance to being a forgiving person, it is often surprising that it will come up with a surge. We will begin to recognize that part of our nature has always been willing and wanting to forgive, but we didn't dare chance it. We thought we might appear foolish. We thought we were punishing the other person by holding the resentment. Well, all you're doing is punishing yourself, bitch. But we have actually been suppressing love. Ooh, hit me again. In the beginning, we may not consciously feel this spe uh, specifically about our friend, but we will begin to notice that we do have this aspect to our personality as much as it hurts. As we keep surrendering our resistance to love, we will notice that within ourselves, there is something that wants to express itself through sharing and giving, letting the past go, Ooh, I want to roll down that lazy river, not lazy in a bad way, and burying the hatchet. There is a desire to make a friendly gesture. We want to heal the separation. Ooh, that's where I'm at with my friend. I think about her and I go, I forgive you and I love you and I hope you're well. To repair the wound, to make good the wrong, to express gratitude, to take a chance on being thought a fool. Aww. Okay. So what if you're a fool? Fuck it. Who gives a shit? We're so scared of being made a fool. And we think that's the worst thing ever. When in reality, it's not. 
The purpose of this exercise is to locate within ourselves that which can only be described as greatness. Greatness is the courage to overcome obstacles. It is the willingness to move to a higher level of love. It is the acceptance of others' humanness and having compassion for their suffering by putting ourselves in their shoes. See, and I've been doing that my whole goddamn life and everyone's like, just be your... See, sometimes I get so confused, y'all, because I feel like I've been doing that, right? I always put myself... Well, there's got to be times where I'm not putting myself in other people's shoes and I really should. But sometimes it's exhausting because you're like, oh, these shoes suck. I don't want to be in these shoes. Get me out of these shoes. It's a, it's a hell house. Because some people are so... They're suffering. And when you're a piece of shit, usually it's because you're suffering and you're sad. It's such a bad, it's, but, but just because you forgive somebody for being a human, which is so important, you got to do that, right? Even if they're, even if they do something horrible to you, if you could find it in yourself to forgive, I mean, it's not my place, it's your place. But when you forgive someone, you're really helping yourself, you know? So if you want to be a selfish piece of shit about it, you could just be like, well, I'm forgiving them for me. If you want, if that helps, I feel like that's fine. I mean, I'm telling you to do that, not Daddy Hawkins. So if it doesn't go well. You can sue me. <laughs> Don't sue me, please. Um, but when you're, yeah, okay, this is, oh God, this book's good. Out of the forgiveness of others comes self-forgiveness and the relief of guilt. Oh, I got a lot of that stored up that I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to fart that out. <laughs> the real payoff we get is when we let go of our negativity and choose to be loving. Because again, y'all, it's a goddamn choice. Just choose to, choose to be loving. It's fun. It feels better. It feels so much better. Guys, we can have, we can have a fun time on this planet if we want. It is available to us. But you got to stop looking for shit outside of you. Look in the mirror. That's who's here to save you. You don't need to buy a pill or a supplement. You don't need... Just fucking choose to be loving, okay? I'm going on all kinds of weird rants. I'm going to repeat that sentence again. The real payoff we get is when we choose to let go of our negativity and choose to be loving. We are the ones who benefit. We are the ones who gain from the real payoff. With this increased awareness of who we really are comes the progressive invulnerability to pain once we compassionately accept our own humanness and that of others because again if you can't forgive other people that secretly means that you can't forgive yourself and you might not want to hear that right now but i'm telling you motherfuckers it's true just accept it it's fine we are no longer subject to humiliation for true humility is a part of greatness Ooh, I'm get that tattooed on my goddamn thumb out of the recognition of who we really are comes the desire to seek that which is uplifting yeah. Out of it arises a new meaning and context for life. When that inner emptiness due to lack of self-worth is replaced by true self-love, self-respect, and esteem, we no longer have to seek it out in the world, for that source of happiness is within ourselves. It dawns on us that it cannot be supplied by the world anyway. No amount of riches can compensate for an inner feeling of poverty 
We all know of the many multimillionaires who try to compensate for their inner sense of hollowness and lack of inner self-worth. That is very true. You see it with famous people a lot. But because fame is a fucked up little thing, isn't it? The way, oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Whenever I go to a grocery store and I see like tabloids, it makes me so bummed out because I'm like, guys, can we just not, you're just doing this to be a piece of shit asshole. Like, just don't. Just don't do it. Come on. Don't be a piece of shit. Once we have contacted this inner self, this inner greatness, this inner completion, contentment, and true sense of happiness, we have transcended the world. The world is now a place to enjoy, and we are no longer run by it. We are no longer at the effect of it. When we utilize these techniques of relinquishing the negative and surrendering resistance to the positive, sooner or later, we come into a sudden, comprehensive awareness of our true dimension. Once this has been experienced, it will never be forgotten. The world will never intimidate us again as it once did. (sighs) I mean, that's the club drub I want to be on, the club drug and the club drub. I don't know what that is, but uh, it's going to be fun if I say it is in my head. There may be continued compliance with the ways of the world out of sheer habit, but the inner driveness, the inner vulnerability, the inner doubt is now gone. Outwardly, the behavior may appear the same, but inwardly, the causes for it are now totally different. The end result of the conscious handling of emotions is invulnerability and imperturbability. I'm so happy I pronounced that word right in the first time. Our inner nature is now bulletproof. We are able to go through life with balance and grace. I mean, fuck that in a good way. That is that is some words to live by, isn't it? Isn't it? All right, I'm going to you know what? I was going to do two, but I'm going to I'm just going to do one. I want to leave it there. That's such a good note. Okay, guys, again, and I'm reading from the book Letting Go: The Pathway of Surrender by David R. Hawkins. Uh, get it. <laughs> or I'll keep doing the deep dive. So if you want a really long cool, but I I got to say, fuck this book is good. Because the thing is, it's like, okay, cool. I get what's, I get why I'm fucked up. Wah, wah, wah. And that's, you know, oh, I've done my fair share of crying. And I still have more crying to do. Believe you me. It's still in here, okay? I feel it. <laughs> okay. But I will have a good attitude about letting that motherfucking shit go. Because we can all enjoy life. We are, oh, God, I'm reading. I'm, I'm ingesting so much information now that I'm so excited to share with you guys. And I really do. I want to plug my Patreon again at the end. I'm, because, yes, I, I'm releasing the first episode of the month real late in the game. But, hey, I'm on, I, I'm on to something. And I know I'm on to something. I'm on to what I feel like I'm on the precipice of figuring out is all the secrets that are free and you don't have to pay for. So, you know, I do want you to subscribe to my Patreon, but also like, it's fine if you don't. (laughs) But, but I feel like I'm figuring out the secret to life that everybody can, can have, can access. And I'm really excited that I'm figuring it out because I want to share it with you. And that just makes me really happy. And you don't have to buy a cream or a pill or a fucking whatever. You just have to look inside yourself, guys. Everything you need is inside your heart and soul. Everything. Human beings are born. So one of the things that I'm 
uh, a docu- I'm watching this documentary called Emotions, and it's only available on this app called, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the, how you spell the app is G-A-I-A. I don't know how you say that. Could I look it up? Yeah, I will may- at some point maybe, but I got a lot of stuff to do on my list, okay? But it's all about, here's how you heal yourself. And trapped emotions from when you were a kid or from when, if you experience sexual sexual assault as an adult or if you experience something really traumatizing as an adult, whether it be a fucking demon, because they's real. If you've experienced assault of some kind, if you've gotten into a car accident, if you've been through something traumatic, there is a big chance that that energy that from that emotion is still in your body because we as a society are not encouraged to get it out, okay? So one of the one of the documentaries that I'm watching that is a part of this app that I spelled out earlier uh, is basically saying, here's how you get rid of it and here's like good things to eat and stuff. And one of the things they say is, you are born with everything you need to be very healthy. And when you're not very healthy, a pill isn't going to work. Medicine obviously has done some amazing things. But the, the, uh, the culture of it's like put a bird on it, but give it a pill. Oh, you're sad? Take a pill. Oh, you can't concentrate? Take a pill. No, no, no. Guys, we got to stop taking pills. <laughs> we can access how to heal ourselves inside. And I'm, I'm, this is where I, why I say I'm on the verge of figuring it out because I haven't got, I haven't finished the documentary yet. But I feel like I'm getting all this crazy information about how to fix yourself, man. How to fix yourself, man. All right. I'm going on all kinds of rants and I love it. And please, if you, if you enjoy this podcast, I see that you share it on Instagram and that makes me really happy. Can you keep doing that? I really appreciate it. And I'll share it. I really, and can you rate and review it? I really want people to listen to this because I feel like it'll make the world a better place. And I'm not trying to be a cocky piece of shit. Okay. And subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A. Why is it spelled that way? Because a lady my mom at once suggested it. All right, guys. Congrats on not killing yourself. I love you all. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Or if you're a patron, I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Um, I love you. Be, don't, be good to one another, okay? We can do it. Choose to be loving, y'all. You got this. Could let